Welcome to the Wandering Bard Podcast. Hi, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. A quick warning, there is some very mild sexual content on the episode today, so if you're listening with some small children, please be advised. I'm recently returned from my annual sabbatical to Ireland, and it was another incredible trip. Every time I go there, I use the previous trip as the gauge for the next trip, and I tell myself, if this next trip could be as good as the last trip, then that would really be amazing. But every time I go, it just keeps getting better and better. My goal for this trip was to bring back a very specific song, more like an idea of a song. So every night I sing my son to sleep, and I, what I sing him is a song called Roz and the Bow that I learned in Ireland a couple previous trips ago. He actually calls it the night-night song now. So I really loved the idea that I had collected this song and brought it back, and it was kind of important for our family and my son in particular. And what I said to myself was, I want to find another song that can be like this for the family, that can have some, some meaning or importance. And so I was sitting in a pub in Ennis, which is where I go to every year, and I heard this older gentleman sitting by the fire. Everyone got quiet, as they always do, and he sang this song, and as soon as I heard him sing it, I was like, that is the one. That's the song that I came here to find, that I came to bring back home. And the name of the song is Nancy Spain. So I took this to my music teacher that I, that I go to and I, I study with there, and I was telling her the song. I was kind of singing parts of it, and she was like, oh, yeah, I think I know what it is. And she, she kind of pulled it up. We went over it on piano, and I kind of learned it. And I did a professional recording of this song, so right now I'm just kind of waiting on the final mixes. But the song has a kind of a, a cool history, too. Uh, this one is a little bit more direct than some of the other ones that I've gone over in the past. You can trace back the history pretty well. It's a little bit more contemporary, but it definitely still falls in that traditional Irish folk genre. The song was really made popular by Christy Moore, who is a pretty big name in Irish music. What's interesting, though, is he didn't actually write this song. From what I gather, he picked this song up from a friend. They kind of did a song exchange where they were playing songs together to each other after a show one night, and he played the gentleman that he was with, whose name was Barney Rush. He played it, and then Christy Moore made it his own. The other version I've heard is that Christy Moore was actually at a concert of Barney Rush's and heard him play it there and then kind of popularized it. After that, I did find some quotes from Christy Moore that actually substantiated the first story. He says, We hooked up after the gig and we swapped songs late into the night. When I heard him sing Nancy Spain, I was instantly smitten by the song. And Barney Rush was kind of a singer-songwriter in Ireland as well. He was popular around the 1960s and had a reputation as being a type of troubadour. He'd kind of play in different blues bands. But he definitely made a stamp on folk music of Ireland as well. He's got some other well-known songs like The Crack Was 90 and The Isle of Man. The song really embodies what a folk song is to me. There's nothing elaborate or extravagant about it. It's very straightforward. It's only three chords. It's a standard 1-4-5 progression. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Nashville numbering system. Uh, but it does a couple interesting rhythmic things that don't really stand out unless you're playing it. You, you won't even notice it as a listener, but it definitely adds to the song a little bit. The lyrics aren't overly elaborate. They're, they're very direct and, and simple, but something about the song just really 
resonates with you when you hear it. I remember hearing the song for the first time in that pub, and there was just this absolute stillness as the man sang the song. I don't want to say it was tension, but there was definitely something in the room that not a single person wanted to move in that moment where he was singing. And then as soon as he finishes, it's just this release, this, oh my gosh. And then, you know, everyone claps or whatever. And you're like, oh my God, I wasn't even breathing while he was singing. And you don't even realize it because you've just been transported into this song. So who was Nancy Spain? Well, that is an interesting question. She was mostly known for kind of being a multimedia celebrity in the the 1950s and the 1960s, but she also did some reporting and had a column in some British tabloids. Eventually, she'd go on to write some detective novels, and she would kind of serve as a TV personality on game and talk shows. And the thing that kind of comes to mind is maybe like a Paris Hilton-esque figure when she was really popular, I don't know, a decade ago. Maybe Kim Kardashian is a more contemporary reference. I don't know if that's a, a fair comparison, but she was just kind of everywhere. She kind of served as a role model for the gay community. She was what I've seen referred to as a reasonably out lesbian in the time, which was a very bold move. Now, there was no public announcement of this lifestyle for her, but she kind of behaved in a way so as to kind of confirm any public suspicion that this was the case, which she did deliberately. I read multiple sources where it said that she, quote, dressed the part. Uh, she wore something which was called a Natty Gents sportswear. And she also lived with a woman who was a magazine editor, and her name was Joan Werner Laurie. And the reason that she served as kind of a, a role model or, or a hero for the gay community isn't just because of how she dressed but because she had a very large heterosexual following in addition to the followers that she had as a gay icon. She openly described her home life as living with another woman, and she also had some kind of pre-feminist ideals as well. Like, she would say things like, <laughs> that today might be obvious, but she'd say stuff like, women can go work a Dockland crane or go rock climbing or rally driving. A lot of the sources that I've read said she had a very forceful personality, which didn't sit well with everyone. Now, and it's kind of hard to say, is this categorization of her because she was kind of rocking the boat socially for the day, or was she legitimately an abrasive person? And that I can't say. Nancy had a big following from some of the detective novels that she wrote, but she was also really well known for her contributions to this publication called She, which was edited by her partner that I mentioned earlier, Joan Werner Laurie. Now, not only were these two in a gay relationship, but they actually had an open relationship. And everything that I have read about these two described them essentially as soulmates. So, you know, I think it's actually really beautiful. There is really not a whole lot about this relationship or this this lifestyle, especially in the era that we're talking about, that would be considered conventional. And so when two people can come together and break all these conventions and live in ways that many people would look at and say is, is unorthodox or not be able to understand and 
have a happy life together. I think that's really awesome. So Nancy did a lot of stuff in broadcast publications. Like I said, she was a, a journalist. Uh, she worked in news. She did some, some acting. But at the outbreak of World War II, she actually served in the Women's Royal Naval Service, also known as RENS, which was basically the women's branch of the United Kingdom's Royal Navy. And it was disbanded after the First World War, but at the outbreak of the Second World War, they brought it into active service again, where it remained active until 1993, where it just became part of the Royal Navy. And her initial job for the Wrens was as a driver, but she eventually commissioned and would go on to work in their press office in London. Eventually, Nancy Spain would pass away in a plane crash near Liverpool on her way to the 1964 Grand National, which was a horse race. Her lover, Laurie, was actually with her, and their ashes were cremated and put together in a family grave in Northumberland. Sir Noel Pierce Coward was a friend of the couple, and he was a famous English playwright and composer and uh, an actor, and he wrote in his diary of their passing, It is cruel that all that gaiety, intelligence, and vitality should be snuffed out when so many bores and whores are left living. So I imagine some of you doing some math in your head right now. Nancy Spain passed away in 1964. The song was made famous in 1976. So did Barney Rush compose a song for a lesbian reporter who died 10 years prior? The answer is actually no. Barney Rush wrote the song for someone else, but he just liked the name Nancy Spain, so he used the name in the song. So this song actually has nothing to do with the Nancy Spain I just spent the past 10 minutes telling you about. And with that being said, I'm now going to play you Nancy Spain. And there's no smoke and mirrors here. It's just me, one guitar, one microphone. I'm going to throw a little compression and maybe some reverb on it. There's no auto-tune or anything like that. So. Of all the stars that ever shone None does twinkle like your pale blue eyes Like a golden corn and harvest Time your hair Sailing in my boat The wind gently blows And fills my sails Your sweet scented breath Is everywhere No matter where I wander I'm still haunted by your name The portrait of your beauty Stays the same Standing by the ocean Wondering where you've gone If you'll return again Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain Daylight creeping through the curtain Of the passing night Time is your smile And the sun in the sky Is like your laugh Back to me, my Nancy Linger for just a little while Since you left these shores I've known no peace, no joy No matter where I wander I'm still haunted by your name 
a portrait of your beauty stays the same I'm standing by the ocean wondering where you've gone if you'll return again Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain On the day in spring when snows start to melt and streams to flow with the birds, I'll sing a song Then in the wild, I'll wander Down by Bluebell Stream Where wildflowers grow And I'll hope my lovely Nancy will return No matter where I wander I'm still haunted by your name I'm standing by the ocean wondering where you've gone if you'll return again Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? So there you go, Nancy Spain. That was a very honest take. That was my first attempt. Like I said, I just put a little tiny bit of reverb on it, some compression. It's one track, so about as authentic as you're going to get. I did do a professional recording of this, which will be out soon. I did this, uh, some recording in Milltown, Malbay, in a studio where a lot of really big Irish musicians have passed through, Cherish the Ladies, Frankie Gavin. So I'll be putting that on the website and maybe making some videos of it to, to put on YouTube here in a little bit. And for the big question, if this song wasn't actually written about Nancy Spain herself, who was it written for then? Well, that is a mystery that Barney Rush took to his grave. A grave where this song was sung by Christy Moore at his funeral. As always, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. If you liked what you listened to, going into the podcast app, wherever that you listen to this, Giving me an ideally good review is extremely helpful. Following me on Facebook and Instagram, that stuff is all really helpful too. I make no money from this. I do it purely for, for the love of it. And just knowing that someone is out there listening is really all that I'm trying to get out of it. I also have a Patreon page, which I'm going to be uploading a, a project that I kind of put together while I was in Ireland. I, I, I went around and I talked to a couple people I basically asked for for fairy tales or stories, and I was able to get two. One of them's really good, um, so I'm going to be putting those together in in a maybe like a, a another podcast that I'm going to make exclusive to the Patreon page. I think if you just go on there and, and pay one dollar, I'll, I'll make it accessible. The raw material that I have is great. I just got to put it together in a coherent way. A bit of a shorter episode today, but I'm trying to stay consistent and keep putting content out there. So. Happy upcoming St. Patrick's Day. I'm not sure if I'll get an episode out before then. I'm going to try, but who knows. And until next time, of course, as always, be bold, be kind, and safe travels wherever your wandering takes you.